This is Upload Media. glad you're here yeah we are it's still a shock to me that you listen to us same week after week 42 uh, episodes now 42 isn't that cray cray oh my god that's how old i feel oh my god it's the age of my knees <laughs> <laughs> so there's that welcome back you're here Woo! we're here too but <clears throat> we are in a different space today so we're feeling a little Frazzle dazzled. Yeah, give them the old frazzle dazzle. Yeah. We're in my casa. We're in my La house, casa my little abode. Yeah. And it's uh it's actually kind of cute. I feel like this is actually the best use of my home. It is a beautiful that space. Ever experienced. It's not very the fact pretty. that I live here, but you know. I really like it. And because yeah. we're not in the studio, I forgot I have gum in my mouth. Oh, well, there's Sarah. Ew. Uh, ew, 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 ew. ASMR here for it. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for that, but um, Craig's the only one that can hear how grotesque it sounds. Yes, <laughs> I hated every second of that. But I spit it out now. Here so we are. Don't so worry. now we can start the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so just to set the vibe to our space today, we're in mm. Caleb's cute little dining room. Yeah. And it's a beautiful blush color. Would you say this is a blush? Yeah, I would call it a sandy rose. Oh, instead of a dusty rose, is or, it dusty rose a yeah, little darker? Dusty rose, yeah. It's like it's yeah. It's like a. I like the sandy vibe of it because I was trying to go for like a southwestern vibe to my home because mm-hmm. I'm from New Mexico, right? Yeah. And I like the deserty kind of like, you know, hometown. I miss the desert and I miss the mountains and yeah. the southwest. Yeah. So. Let's try to create a little bit of that vibe here. Well, I love it. Thank you. And you're an excellent painter. Look how crisp those lines okay, are. Okay, well, don't look at, don't look too closely. <laughs> because there's definitely some spots that are a little gross. Well, it looks better than my house. Well, whatever. It's, I mean, I'm no professional, so. Well, and I love your little plant life. Oh, yeah, I've got some plants. Yeah, you've got some plants. I don't have as many plants as you, but... Well, it's overwhelming. <laughs> I don't even want all the plants that I have. Trust me. I'll take some. Well, I want them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there's that. <laughs> but yeah, it's really fun. It feels like we're on a field trip and Craig is here and we're all just sitting Woo! at Caleb's dining room table. It's just really cute. Mm, it feels really um, cozy and like intimate right now. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so, exposed in a way that I don't normally Did feel. you put your gum on your phone? Listen, where was I supposed to put oh it? Oh, my God. Ugh. Okay. Well, so we're having some issues with Sarah's <laughs> gum. But other than that, we're here. Should I continue to chew on it or no, should I no, let it here? Okay. No, you can leave it on your phone. That's fine. Listen, one of the perks of not having video is that no one had <laughs> to know that, see. Craig. Ah. Uh, the audacity of you I had right to. Now. Right. Hey. They deserve to know. <laughs> they do. Our they listeners do. deserve to know. I am one of those people where if I have gum, I'll just take it out and stick it 
Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, ah, that's fair. I know. It's fine. It's, it's a toxic trade. My goodness. I we can't be friends. Our problematic fave, Sarah Van Cleve. <laughs> <laughs> Am I problematic? Yeah, I mean that says that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. Out of all the right shit there. that I do, this is, this is the problem. This is the one I feel comfortable addressing right now. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next right. episode. Where the rest of my problematic opening this can of worms. I'm just kidding. Uh, whatever. So Sarah, tell me, how are things with you? Things have been good. Yeah. I have been thinking a lot about how it's been about a year since I quit my job. And like oh my what God, this year has. Yeah. What this year has looked like. Mm-hmm. What I maybe thought I would have been spending my year doing versus what I actually did. What kind of life you were gonna lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm And I've just been reflecting because as you guys know, I love a good reflection. You like to reflect. You like to ruminate. You like to, yeah. mm -hmm. That's my spend some time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just kind of sit with my feelings. I know that's so hard. Oh my god, it is hard. But I love it. I don't know why I'm like this. You're like a masochist. I am. Choke me, Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) It was right there. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been doing because it's almost the end of the year. Yeah. It's baby Jesus's birthday. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, reflected. Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. We love you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that's what I've been doing. Um, getting ready to set intentions, set resolutions. Mm-hmm. I do love that you do that. It does make me feel like... You know, I have this tendency to kind of just treat it like another day, you know, like Christmas is just another day. New Year's is just another day. Um, and I don't often spend too much time thinking about like sp- specific time periods. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot about, you know, feelings of like the most recent past and like how things have been progressing and like I have a journal and I've been trying to like keep up on that and like try to grow and do better and whatever arbitrary ways I'm setting for myself. Um, But I love that there's like for you, the concept of a year is very like definite and it's like a time to reflect an opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. I think that's special. Thanks. Yeah. My year actually begins and ends at my birthday. Mm. And then I mm-hmm. take from October to the end of December to like plan. Sure. And think set about intentions. Yeah, set yeah. my intentions. I feel like before I started doing yoga, that concept of setting an intention felt very um, foreign, foreign mm-hmm. and a little too woo woo. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it was just too um, ethereal, too like spiritual in a way that didn't really feel like it held much water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What um, do you think now? I think that the power of setting an intention and the power of manifestation um, are pretty potent Mm -hmm. i think you know because i think it it's about setting something in the front of your mind you know it's not just like oh i wish this would happen it's like bringing it to the forefront of your mind and working i think even in the subtle ways in your subconscious to like kind of work on 
bringing these things to fruition, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that, you know, even (laughs) scientifically, there's been a lot of research and, you know, the power of mindset and perception and attitude and all these different things. Um, And I think that's, you know, it's deeply related, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of like an ancient wisdom that I think still holds a lot of truth and power today, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, you know, recently we're thinking about how the brain works and how that actually does work. Mm -hmm. It makes things more possible, more feasible. And it gives us, I don't know, a little more sense of not control because control is an illusion, an illusion. Sure. Um, but I don't know, a little bit more of an active engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just keeping everything active, I think. And like, not letting anything just happen happen to mm-hmm. you. And maybe it's less about like, I feel like maybe even the word intention feels um, like it, that itself could be, you know, woo woo. Mm-hmm. But um, I like the word like attention, mm-hmm. not intention, but attention. Like mm-hmm. I'm giving attention to my values or mm-hmm. something, you know? Well, I feel like when you're intentional by definition yeah. you're giving attention right. like you're bringing your value system mm. into whatever you're focusing on no i agree and i guess i maybe i just get hung up on words yeah you know that like Ugh, that sounds gross to me or that sounds too i don't know mm-hmm. fake or like faux spiritual or something or too new agey to like really have any i don't know reality yeah. you know that makes sense but I've become more open to it, I guess, mm. is really what that comes down to. I have realized that when I'm not intentional, I see a big difference in the things that actually manifest. Yeah. Um, tell me more about that. Like, like, what's an example? Last year, I, I set resolutions every year. I set resolutions for 2021. And at the end of 2021, going into 2022, mm. or maybe at the end of 2022, no. You're talking about this last year. Well, I'm so. talking about the year before. Oh. I didn't do any of my resolutions. Like, mm. I didn't work towards shit. Mm. And I remember, like, I journaled at the end of 2021. I was like, I didn't do anything this year, and I felt it. Mm. Like, I felt... I noticed how it made me feel to not do anything, to not be intentional, mm. to not be actively bringing my values and goals into the things I was doing sure. on a daily into basis. Into your daily life. Yeah. yeah. But now I look at that and I'm like, well, it kind of reminds me of like the time before you give birth because. Yeah. When, <laughs> okay. When you like give birth, your body like prepares to mm-hmm. birth. So things like shut down. Like. I remember when I got really close to birthing my kids. Sorry, guys. Um, I love this. This is incredible. (laughs) Like I wasn't hungry because it doesn't if you're going to birth a baby like you can't be full and push a baby out if you're like full of food. Right. Sure. So I noticed like things slowing down, like my body was starting to slow down to prepare for this Mm. energetic push of birth. And it's interesting because this past year, 2022 to like where we're at in 2023 has required such a different amount of my energy. Mm. So I feel like subconsciously my body was like, we're going to shut down and we're going to do the bare minimum to prepare you for this next phase of life that maybe I wasn't consciously calling in, but that was going to happen anyway. Mm. 
to me, it kind of like I remember talking to you while we were both kind of going through a transitionary phase and like I had just quit my job at the restaurant um, and you were considering leaving your job. And it was like a kind of coming to the forefront. It was like from the subconscious of like, I don't like it. I don't like doing this anymore. I don't like what my life looks like anymore. Um, And then moving into, you know, quitting Mm -hmm. and actually doing that, that there was a lot of like conversations that we had about Mm -hmm. what that would look like. And is that even a valid thing to want? This is really scary. I'm not sure if I can do this. All those different things and all those thoughts and conversations that we had. There was a lot of preparation. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. After like quitting your job and changing your life, does life look like what you thought it would? Absolutely not. Does it look better Worse or just different? Um, or all of it? I think it's it's different. You know, I think it's better in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think it it's never been worse. Um, and maybe if it is worse, then it's just momentarily that I like feel my feelings in a deeper way, as opposed to you know acting on impulse and, you know, going to numb those feelings. Sorry. Also, my cat is here and she might be uh, <laughs> meowing at us throughout this episode. She's our guest. She's our She's guest episode. She is. She's my little baby. Um, but that's one thing is that like for the past year, I've spent so much more time reflecting, mm-hmm. ruminating, trying to understand what my values are for my life and you just read my my dream list um of all the things that i feel like i i want to do in my life are the things that i want to have and some of them are like you know silly but some of them are you know big and some of them like almost feel like too far out of reach but um at least i know what they are yeah you know and i feel like this past year has shown me a lot of like showed me a lot about myself Mm. i think in stepping away from that kind of um, what my life had been like, what I was, what I knew, mm-hmm. you know, like the kind of schedule that I was accustomed to, even if it was breaking my back, mm-hmm. you know, that like, at least there was some kind of comfort in the familiarity. And then when I entered into the unfamiliar, um, I kind of had to rely on friends and family to kind of help get me through the rougher parts of the transition. Um, but then I started to like find my own feet again and started, you know, at a different restaurant, but in a different capacity and setting really strong boundaries with what kind of what, how much work I was going to do, what kind of work I was going to do. Um, and I think it, it kind of taught me how to be like stronger in that sense to like stand up for myself and to have those boundaries and what those even look like and what's mm-hmm. healthy for me and what's not. It's a lot of trial and error there, but, um, I've had so much more time to be at home with Kitty, mm-hmm. um, to invest into friendships like ours and um, others. Um, I've read a lot more books. I've gone to the movie theater a lot more. Um, I've actually been like enjoying my life. Oh my god, a lot Heaven more. Forbid. I know, right? How dare I? That's not the point of this <clears throat> thing, right? But it, like, it's been. Um, it doesn't look how I thought it was going to look. Mm-hmm. Which I think has been interesting. But I'm just like, there's this, you know, facet of my recovery that just says, you know, take it one day at a time. And that's what it's been, you know. Yeah. So I take the good days with the bad days. And I don't always feel like 
I'm at the top of my game. But I know that, you know, I just have the next 24 hours to get through and I'm going to do my best. And that's all I can do. For real. And uh, that's been life changing. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of, I feel like that opens up the portal to a bunch of other thoughts. But um, I don't know. What do you think has been the biggest change for you aside from leaving your job? What is like, like in the day to day activity, what does your life look like now? that you're grateful for than it did last year? I think probably having the choice to be around people with shared morals and values, Mm. um, people that want to be around me because when you go to work in a place, you're just working with whoever is there. You may or may not like them. These are people that you may or may not have chosen to actually spend time with unpaid. Right. You're not part of the hiring committee. Right. Right. Well, and it's like, even if you do get to hire for your own direct report, I don't get to choose my coworkers, right? There's like a hundred other people besides just sure. me. So it's really nice because now I can be like, okay, I'm choosing to be around Caleb and Craig, or I'm choosing to go to yoga where I am around people that like me and value mm. me and I like and value. Sure. Um, and I have noticed a huge shift in like my baseline mood. Sure. It's just totally changed. That's something I didn't think about is the baseline mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like my baseline mood has been less chaotic. Mm. Definitely more like serene. Mm-hmm. LOL. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I also like the idea of like intentionally surrounding yourself with different people. Yeah. That, that can make a huge difference mm-hmm. in how you feel. I basically, I feel like I just had to suck it up. Right? Like. What do you mean? I had to. It's a hmm. to like shirk the fear and just like go for it or what do you mean? Kind of like suck it up with all of the ways I was dissatisfied. Oh, like you had to come to terms with it. Yeah. I kind of just had to accept like, okay, well, if you want this job or this career in this particular space, you're going to have to deal with the people that, you know, talk shit about you. You're going to have to deal with being treated this way by management. Who talks shit about you? I will fucking kill them well you said i was problematic so imagine how people joking. that don't love me feel about oh? my problems oh well they can suck a dick yeah suck it bitches and you know who the fuck you are <laughs> <laughs> just kidding but it's been really it's just been interesting to feel like i have the choice you know oh. um i've been really poor so that's been tricky yeah I cut my salary by about 75%. But it also shows me I'm like, money can't buy happiness. But then I'm like, but bitch. I still need groceries. Right. I don't want to be poor. <laughs> right. I'm I'm happy in mm. ways that I know money can't buy. Sure. But it also makes me realize, like, okay, I do value a certain lifestyle. Sure. Can I do without it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Would I be even happier if I could afford that lifestyle? Yes. So it shows me what to work towards, mm. but it also kind of shows me like, here's what you actually need to live mm. both in surroundings and environment and people and income. Yeah. Um, because I feel like sometimes we are inundated with all of this stuff that we don't mm. actually need, but we feel like we need it yeah. or we feel like it defines us just because mm. it's present. But when it's stripped away, we're like, okay, I didn't actually need that. It wasn't adding to me. Yeah. I'm showing up in a more authentic way without it, but I never would have known had it not been taken. Mm. 
I've definitely had to go through that process too of kind of like deciding making those like cuts Mm -hmm. in my life of like what is essential and what is not you know and sometimes it's like do I choose you know uh, more groceries or do I like pay for this subscription service that Mm -hmm. I don't ever use you know what I mean and even still to this day it's like I have these subscription services to like I hardly ever watch Netflix but I still have it Mm -hmm. for why I don't know and it's like I have the hardest time getting rid of it even if it would free up like 20 bucks a month you Mm -hmm. know it's like what's going on here (laughs) yeah I know just it's hard to let go weird shit yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like uh, a consumerism or like a I don't even know if it's like status so much as it is just like an internal feeling of like if it's not there right what will I do exactly yeah it's it's weird i was just having that conversation with a friend last night at work he was saying that he like cut a lot of his subscriptions out and i was like i need to do that but i I felt so like afraid of doing it because i'm like but what if i want to watch this very specific show on this very specific like streaming service Mm -hmm. you know what am i gonna do yeah i guess i could just live without it you know there's a lot of shows i don't watch so I don't know. Yeah. It's been interesting just to look at where I was this time last year. I was so excited and eager and scared to quit my job yeah. and angry. That's the other you thing. You were fed up. I was really fed up, but also my feelings were hurt because it felt as though, and I really truly believe in my heart. And I have also been journaling this probably for the past seven to 10 years. Like when life wants you to change. If you don't do it on your own, it will make you so uncomfortable to the point where you are forced to make a decision. Mm. And I feel like that's what happened with work. So I guess question for you, do you believe that there's like, you know, the universe wants change out of you? Do you believe that like there's like fate or destiny for you? We were talking about this. I know, but I don't remember exactly what we got to. Yes, I do. However, I also believe in free will. So Mm. I think that Yes, the universe wants me to get to a certain place or wants certain things for me, but mm-hmm. how I'm going to get there and how that will manifest can it's change kind of up to you. by the second. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Because I feel like it's not, my life has not gone the way I thought, but I'm really happy with how it's ended up. Yeah. And I look at the things I have and the person I am, and not just like things I have, but the life I've created and the things sure. that I've created for myself. And I'm like, I never would have predicted this is where I would be, but I'm really happy about it. And there aren't many things that I'm like, damn, life would have been so much better if I had done this instead. You don't live with a lot of regret. I don't really. Mm. Not really. Do you? I don't know. I feel like that's a really hard question to answer. I think part of me does live with some regret that like I didn't or haven't gotten to a better place in my life by this age you know that I feel like I kind of have that like weird non-definite very ambiguous um concept of what my life should be looking like right now right but if you were to ask me like what that actually looked like I wouldn't really be able to give you an answer Mm -hmm. you know it'd just be like better than this (laughs) (laughs) whatever that means you know but it's so funny because like I I couldn't even imagine like two to three years ago, like even owning a house, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, having the kind of work life balance that I have now 
or even that I'd be pursuing the things that I am pursuing now, Mm -hmm. you know, like even over the course of a year that has changed and been more defined than I can even remember, you know, like being in college and feeling kind of lost. And I feel like right now I have a little bit more direction than I did even then, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's something to be said about embracing that feeling, maybe not of feeling lost, but in continuing to seek because I feel like when you're like, well, I've, I've arrived, like I have, I have better, I am better now. Mm -hmm. This is the goal. Like there's nothing to aspire to. What are you continuing to seek in life? What more do you want? Yeah. There's no like quote unquote evolution. Right. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. you should always be changing and wanting more and wanting different. But do you know what sucks? What? Change. (laughs) I actually like change. I know, but also it's hard. Yeah, it is hard, but it's so fun and it brings shit. You just don't even know. (laughs) Oh, there. Chris has given up. She has. (laughs) (laughs) I just. I really, even though it doesn't always feel good in the moment, I really welcome change because I think in my own personal life, there have been very long stretches where I feel like nothing has changed. You've like plateaued. Yeah. Yeah. And I really wanted change. Mm. And so I'm like, bring it the fuck in. Call it it in. Take it on. Take on me. Like, uh aha. Yeah. uh (laughs) Aha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I guess, well, that's the masochist side of you, right? That like, that there's a kind of leaning into the hard things. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that I've always kind of valued that. But I also can see so much of my life being a resistance to pain and discomfort. Mm. You know, and I... I just see it so much more often now. Maybe it's because I'm looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can like feel my body tense up, like my shoulders come up to my ears and Mm -hmm. like I feel um, frustrated and like irritable and like Mm -hmm. restless and, you know, discontent. Um, And it's it's hard to like take a deep breath and be like, Oh no, this is, this is good for me. This is really what I want to be doing. And this is going to make my future better and it'll have more integrity with, you know, and being a, in, in alliance with my values. Yeah. An alignment, not alliance. Alliance works though too. alignment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's funny because I've just become more woo woo. You know, I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm embracing the woo woo. Embrace it. And that saying that makes me think of Wendy Wu mm-hmm. and I love her. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just gotten more woo. Yeah. And like, I'm reading this book. I don't know if you've ever heard of the artist's way. Yes. You've mentioned okay, it a million a times. Okay. Times. But it's like, okay. And I also feel like that's so weird too, because I, I'm getting on these like trains of thought that I can't stop talking about. So like there's that. And there's also the book that I read the 4,000 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many people have told about it, but I freaking feel like my life is being like changed from the inside out, Mm. you know, in terms of like my mind and the way that I perceive things. But this artist way has been really good for me. Yeah. I think because I, you know, I was on a path to, you know, being an artist and, and having creative outlets and, um, exploring my acting career while I was in New York and going to acting school. And like, I had this goal too of moving back to Chicago and doing theater there. 
And then I just kind of ended up in Iowa and I just haven't thought about that since moving here really, mm-hmm. you know, or it crosses my mind and I feel, you know, like, Oh, that's a bummer. I regret not doing that. Don't you view this podcast as like a creative outlet? I do. Um, but maybe not the exact outlet that you had in mind. Yeah, I guess that's fair to say. Um, that it, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like a creator right now. You know I, do. I mean? do you? I feel like this is one of my biggest creative outlets and projects. Mm, yeah. Because if you think about it, we're writing every show. Maybe it's because I feel like I'm not very good at it. You know what I mean? And I did. And I felt like I was good at like acting and I was good at like writing. And like this is like You're, off the cuff. And I'm like, I'm just out here being improv. a weirdo. It is. And you loved yeah, improv. Sort of. I do. But I feel it's more genuine or authentic than like creating a character. Right. You know? So it just feels like a playing yourself, which for you is like super. (laughs) I do that all all the time anyway on more levels than one, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but we were just even told today when we were having lunch um, that my friend listens to the podcast for you. Oh yeah. So it's like again, (laughs) you're the star of the show, babe. Whatever, I hate you. (laughs) But it's true. It's not, and I like it's not, but. Um, I don't know. It, it's like I could, I was just on a very specific path before and now I'm not. And it's like, do I go back to that path or did that path ever really leave me? Or am I still on the same path? It just took a detour, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I don't really feel like I need the answer right now, but I feel like I'm searching, right? I'm not lost. I'm searching. I felt like I've been watching because I am still to me like quitting my job is like a bad breakup with a toxic lover sure where it's like I love you so much but this isn't working that's exactly how I see my it still hurts old work to break up yeah there's a grieving period definitely but it's weird because I'm still there Mm. so I watch all the stuff happening life continued without me yeah and had to um, but mm-hmm. you know, there's part of me that's like, wow, I'm kind of pissed that you were able to continue without me. And like, right. wow, I kind of hope <laughs> things go to shit. I felt that way about the hipster at one point, you know, it was like, I felt, you know, in so many ways that the whole restaurant rested on my shoulders. And then when I left, it was like, oh, it's still, it's still there. Mm-hmm. It hasn't burned down. Mm-hmm. They're getting along just fine without me, you yeah. know? And it's like a issue of my own self-importance, you yeah. know? And it's like, ew, Caleb. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being such an egotistical man- maniac. Yeah. I don't know if I ever felt important, but I am kind of hatery towards mm. the fact that everyone else gets to continue on their little path and I had to get off. Sure. You know? Yeah. And it's like, what would it have been like had I been allowed to continue on my fucking path and you, you guys hadn't have made life so difficult? Unhappy. I know. But I was unhappy because other people made my life difficult. Mm. And I'm not trying to negate accountability, sure. but I'm like, it's interesting because there's behaviors that are allowed to continue and fostered mm. that created the environment to which I could not thrive. Yeah. So I just look at it and I'm like, I'm pissed mm-hmm. because all the shit is still going on. Mm. So it was me that didn't fit that environment because I didn't want to do it or I sure. called it out or I wasn't okay with it mm. or I didn't act in those ways. Yeah. And it's just a little like, I hope you fuck yourself somehow. Sure. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> be happy to watch it, mm. which is not my higher self. Right. 
It's my wounded self. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I, I guess like for whatever reason, I'm going back to the like our plant metaphors, right? That the soil wasn't right for you. Right. That it was. But that's the thing. No one would put the fucking additives in that I mm. needed to thrive. And it's annoying right. then to watch. It's like that one plant that just fucking won't grow in the damn soil, but mm. all of your other plants grow. And it's like, right. how come it's so easy for them to grow? But I can't hear. Sure. And then to have to like hand mix my own soil mm-hmm. for the fucking plant and right. go purchase and all these additives. Maybe yeah. Maybe lose little leaves yeah. or something. Yeah. It's like, it's annoying. I know. But I mean, think about how great it'll feel or even like how inconsequential it will have, it will seem to have like, to like, to live that experience, right? That like in the future, when you have like the right soil and the right life that you want and you're thriving, right? Mm -hmm. When you get to the point where you're thriving, that it'll be like, oh, those silly people, they're so cute. Like, wow. It won't necessarily be so much like a maybe an aggressive or a hostile like resentment that yeah. it'll be more like a, Oh, well, Bless they're still them. doing them, Bless you know, whatever. Hearts. If they um, can thrive in the fucking generic ass miracle grow, go ahead. But your girl needs an organic fucking <laughs> hand picked expensive soil. Right. <laughs> I am an orchid. You're a bougie bitch. Not Apothos. Right. You can't just put me anywhere and cut me apart and I'm not just going to grow. I need attention and love Mm -hmm. and all all the good shit. Right. (laughs) What I think is so great, too, is that you're not going to harden your heart, you know? You're not going to swallow. Well, I'm going to swallow swallow my tears. Yeah, swallow your tears. Yeah. But I'm not going to turn and leave you here. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I... I just appreciate that, like, I feel like you've been so open with the experience of the change and the transformation mm-hmm. and the evolution that's been going on so in your you. life. It's been a really fun experience because I feel like this actually, this episode feels like like a hearkening back to the first episode of our season. Hark. Harkening. <laughs> <laughs> the herald angels Hark. sing, you know? <laughs> God bless <laughs> us, everyone. <laughs> it is. You're right. It, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like we talked a lot about trans- transition and, uh, you know, change and having to grieve the change mm-hmm. um, in that episode. Um, and I think it's interesting to look back and to say that, like, oh, that was how long ago? Mm-hmm. Like, not even really a year, but the process started over a year ago. Yeah. So that's been wild. It's been a wild ride. Wild ride. Mm-hmm. Girls gone wild. Girl. Cedar Rapids. Uh, oh. <laughs> that seems like an episode. No. I'm saying that we're watch. the girls and we're oh, going wild. Okay. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Never mind. Let's continue on. Tits out for life. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, well, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we'll hear more about our tits being out and going wild.
and we're back. Yeah. Oh, Look stop at it! Us. Oh. It's probably because we say the same thing. That's because we share one time. brain. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Well, how lucky am I? So lucky. So lucky. <laughs> you want to know everything you're thinking about. Honestly, I would love to read like a stream of consciousness, like ROS feed of your thoughts. That would be a scary thing. Uh, like, no, it would wow, be glorious. No wonder she's this way. <laughs> I feel like it might be even impressive. Like, wow, those are the things that come out of her mouth, and this is the things that she's thinking. Wow, she does a great job of filtering. Yeah, herself. she's actually not as problematic as I thought. Right. <laughs> so there's that. That frontal lobe is developed. Okay, yes. but like honestly, I feel like I remember being in high school and like having this very paranoid thought that like you know, kind of like a Truman Show esque type experience where everybody else knew what I was thinking. And I like, still to this day will have moments where I'm like, no one can read my mind, right? Right. right? Yeah. Like how terrifying would that be? Right. But like, and, and I just, I guess part of it too was like the shame of like, you know, feeling some of those, the homosexual awakening, you know? Yeah. But like, he's got the game. Yeah. He's got <laughs> the game. Oh no. Get away. Oh God. <laughs> oh, save this boy. <laughs> Satan has him. Right, exactly, <laughs> honestly. But um, I'm glad to know that um, I'm not alone in that. That's great. Um, and therapy's been great, mm-hmm. too. That, like, my thoughts aren't, like, psychotic. That I'm not well, a complete psychopath. There we go. That I'm, you know, I can be a little psychotic. A little Thinking neurotic, the thoughts is okay. It's acting on <clears throat> the thoughts. Right, yeah. 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 Um, but I want to know, Sarah... Van Cleef. Yes, Caleb's. What does your future hold for the next year? Oh, fucking no. I want to know everything. Ah, uh, I don't know. I haven't set my intentions and my resolutions yet. Mm. I'm working on it. Yeah. Well, where's that work right now? Where is where's, the work? Yeah. Where's the work? Where's the work at? Are we in rough draft stage? Yeah. Or? Okay. I'm in outline stage. Okay. Do you want to fill us in a little bit on what the outline looks like right now? Well, I'm gonna start. Tire trained. Oh, yeah. uh, with Amanda. Yeah. I love that. I'm excited because I quit smoking this year, oh. which has been really nice. The combination of quitting smoking, leaving a toxic work environment and like really delving into resting has mm. made me like a fat, happy cat. Like I lay, mm. I eat, I sun. That's it. Yeah. And I've gained a lot of weight, which is fine, but I'm not feeling at home in my body. Mm. I've not been embracing working out in the same way that I was. I think part of it is because I don't have that stress that I feel like I need to physically release. Yeah. And that was such a good part of what, or that was the main part of why I lifted. Like I lifted mm. because I wanted to you get needed strong. a physical outlet for yes, the stress and the frustration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. So <clears throat> now it's just not as pressing. And I've been just being so gentle with myself that Mm. I haven't been holding myself as accountable as I have in the past to that area of my life. Yeah. So I want to finish that. I think that's a really great thing. Mm -hmm. I think there's some like an aspect of like attending to our physical vessel, you know, that feels really um, healthy, even if it's like, you know, I, I think it has to be divorced from, you know, uh, like the socially acceptable like workout frame of mind mm-hmm. you know there is like this ideal body that we're working towards 
even if it's impossible, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not working towards like the Eurocentric, um, ideal body. I know where I feel good at. Mm -hmm. I know that right now I don't feel good. And part of that is because I'm just not utilizing my body in the ways that I can and I feel good all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's my primary goal. I really want to feel like I'm back home. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, there's that. And I'll let you know how it goes, everyone. I have a, I have a cousin who's a bodybuilder and he like told me, he was like, do what you need to do to make yourself feel like physically happy and content with like your body, whatever that means for you. Yeah. Like if it means like, you know, just like walking every day or something like that, he's like, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're in a, a space where you're like, I don't feel like physically happy with my body, you know, get to a point, but don't try to be like. Well, okay, I need to look like this person. Right. Yeah. You don't I need, need to look like this. I think it's like the search for external validation. Yeah. Right. And that was one of the things that my therapist and I talked about this last session was like my constant need to people please um, or to look for external validation that it wasn't really things that I wanted for myself. It mm. was the things that I felt like other people wanted mm. for me. Yeah. You know, that I needed to search for that external validation mm-hmm. so i don't know what is your framework for 2024 looking like um i think it's starting with getting over decision paralysis mm. and um not to bring up four thousand weeks again but um <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is like the fourth time today i know this is the four thousand yeah. <laughs> wrote this book anyway um he talks about the etymology of the word decide and he is, uh, it has to do with cutting away mm-hmm. and like this idea that like FOMO is always going to exist. That like when you make a decision to do something, you are also intentionally deciding not to do these other things. Right. And you can't be at two places at once, you know, Hermione Granger. Like you just can't. Like it, it makes it more meaningful to choose the thing that you're choosing mm-hmm. by cutting away and making not making a decision to do those things right um but to do this other thing uh and so i think for me i've always had this like deep fomo that like i want to be a jack of all trades and i want to do all the things and i want to be involved in all of the places and all the experiences um and it just leads me to a place where i feel paralyzed i can't choose because Choosing one thing would mean it choosing means not forsaking the other thing, right? And I would feel like I'd be disappointing those people mm-hmm. that external validation, mm-hmm. right? Or, um, you know, letting myself down mm-hmm. in some way that I have like these arbitrary standards for what it looks like to, you know, have the life that I want, you know. But in reality, I think <clears throat> for me, it means, um, expanding my, uh, yoga teacher certification um and have started to and you have to to look into the next step Mm -hmm. um and getting a 300 hour teacher training um also continuing to you know invest in my sobriety um in ways that um make sense for my schedule make sense for my um peace of mind Mm -hmm. um and I think, too, trying to figure out what a Caleb looks like outside of the service industry. 
And that to me is probably the most terrifying because I've been in the food service industry since I was like 14. Mm. And so having, you know, that kind of lifestyle, you know, uh, working second shift and not really having weekends off and all those different things has just gotten to the place where I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to move on from that. Mm -hmm. But that's, um, you're giving up a whole identity. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to you about that before too, is that I had my whole identity wrapped up and, you know, being the best bartender in Cedar Rapids or at least trying to be that, you know, and now that I'm kind of slowly learning how to let that go, um, I feel like there's a, new different horizon Mm. and uh i think that looks like going back to school Mm. so that's also terrifying because that would require money and time and commitment and you know not feeling like i'm very good at something to begin with yeah because you're you gotta become a learner exactly yeah and i'm beginner's mindset right and I don't like not being like the most informed or the like most smartest or mm-hmm. like the most experienced in the room. Um, that it's a very insecure um, place for me to be. Mm. And um, yeah, so I'm looking into that. Interesting. Uh-huh. Because I actually hate to be the smartest one in the room. Right. If I'm the smartest or I'm the most knowledgeable or the expert, there's a problem. Sure. And I don't have the right. You're not with the right people. Yeah. I know. I guess for me, it's like I need to, it's a constant need to prove myself to other people is really what it is. It's the external validation all over again, always, all the time for fuck's sake. It's Mm -hmm. like so exhausting and it's so all consuming. Um, and so, yeah, trying to get over that. I don't have that external need for validation, but I think letting myself succeed is something that I want to do because I'm a self-sabotager. Oh, yeah. So while Success I don't, is scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't need anyone to validate <laughs> me, but it's because <laughs> there's nothing to validate. Right. And the second there is, then I'm like, well, I'm going to fuck it up before mm. someone can see that I didn't succeed. Right. Um, and then they won't And validate you're a huge me. failure. Right. Instead of just not doing anything. Right. Where then I'm not failing, but I'm right. not succeeding either. Right. So that's something I have been starting to unpack and like, where was it in life that I felt silenced or like I, no one would celebrate me or like my own celebration of my accomplishments wasn't enough. Or even that making a mistake or failing at a thing doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't keep pursuing it. Right. You know, that like that in and of itself, that experience is like imbued with such intense shame Mm -hmm. that like, oh, I'm a bad person. I'm not Mm -hmm. good at this one thing. You know, and it all comes down to racism. No, I don't know. I mean, but I'm I sure am part of it at, does. Like young me sure? in a very white um, environment, mm-hmm. all the way up through my formative years, and looking at the ways that maybe I came second or I didn't do whatever, I didn't hit the expectation that was set arbitrarily no. by whomever, and like, okay, we're gonna re reparent this part of you Mm. and i think getting my yoga certification was probably one of the first areas of success that i had that i Mm. did by myself for myself without anyone else um placing any expectation on me and it Mm. showed me like i can do this and then you can celebrate yourself and there are at least three other people that will celebrate 
with you and for you yeah. and will be happy for you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not even just the other people who were in the room taking that course with you, but it's also the people in the studio who take your classes too. Right. Who also, you know, kind of rely on you teaching those classes mm-hmm. to help guide them in their own practice, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a celebration there, you know, especially when you have the, the class, the yoga for uh, people of color mm-hmm. or any of your sound meditation classes, you know, those are important. Those are like, um, gifts that you're giving the community, mm-hmm. I think, and that's worthy of celebration. Yeah, but then I'm like, oh, stop! I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not that great, and it's like, bitch, be great. What's your experience with uh, like false humility then? I don't know, mm. but maybe it's all false if I'm not succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, there's right. nothing to be humble about. Right? <clears throat> actually. Mm. Yeah, there's this experience that like is talked a lot about in um, in recovery circles is like the issue of pride and ego, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but reverse pride is what they call it, or false pride is like an overindulgence in like kind of having an inferiority complex, mm-hmm. right? Like we think of pride as like a kind of overextension of like you know our own self. Um, but the opposite of that is not talked about very often. Mm. And that's been something that I've been kind of like trying to learn about because I definitely keep myself in that place where it's easier or maybe quote unquote safer to consider myself less than than to um, consider myself just as I am, you right. know, with any kind of like reality glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, I have these like false pride glasses that I see my life through. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I don't know, that's, I just feel like that's a topic that I don't see talked about very often. That's interesting. And I would love to kind of delve into that a little bit more in my own life. I would too. Um, I told you the other day the story about how when I won that GPS system at work. Mm. Remember? Yeah. So I'll share it very quickly. But this is, I think, has set the tone of how I view myself and how I think other people view me. Mm. When I was at work at the dental lab... This had to have been over a decade ago. It was a long time ago. We had like a random drawing for a company celebration. And like a raffle or a something? A raffle. Yeah. And everyone had put their names in the <clears throat> raffle. It was completely random. We had really nice raffle gifts. Our last big raffle prize was a GPS system. It was a TomTom. It was that long ago. Like wow, it was a long time you're ago. Dating yourself. I know. And I suck at directions. So <laughs> I was like, you know, oh, I hope someone ex- who needs it wins it. Well, they called my name. They drew my name out of the basket and I was the last one to win. So I was listening, you know, cheering all my coworkers on who had won and like, yay, Caleb, yay, Craig, good for you. And then it was my turn. They drew my name. They said Sarah Van Cleve and it was motherfucking crickets. Not one person clapped for me. Not one person cheered. And it was very obvious because it was silent and everyone else so had awkward. cheered for them for their friends. Yeah. And then I had, you know, I actually needed that fucking GPS because mm. I suck at directions. It was totally random. Cedar Rapids is so big. Right. Okay, listen. It's, <laughs> that's just not a way that my mind works. I know. Okay? I just wanted to give you shit. I just wanted to keep and it. And this was like in the days of MapQuest. Yeah. Like if no, we I, wanted no. to figure out where to go, mm-hmm. we had to fucking type in the address and then read three sheets of paper for turn by turn directions as yep. we were driving. So I'm like, this is going to be a game changer for me. Yeah. 
And no one gave a fuck. And what it showed me was that like, okay, no one cares when you work really hard to accomplish something. And no one cares when you don't work really hard to accomplish something. So no one gives a fuck about you. So whether you do well or not, it's not going to change anyone's perception, Mm. which I do think that's true. There are people that are going to be haters regardless. But I think it was, I internalized that and I was just Mm. like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to try at all. I'm not going to try to do well, but I'm not going to try and do poorly. And at my work, I think I had experiences like that throughout the course of my career where I would work really hard at something and I would be recognized and treated the exact same as I was when I was consciously underperforming. And it didn't make sense because I was smart enough to understand that like, how is it that I'm getting like a $2 raise when I fucking did the bare minimum last year. But the year before that I worked really hard and I got a dollar raise. Sure. Like nothing I did was tied to the reward. Like it just, it all seemed very arbitrary because Mm. it was other people deciding and it had nothing to do with me actually. But instead of using that to like motivate me to do more, I used it as an excuse I think just to be like, well, fuck it. And then have that false sense of humility where, again, mm. it's not really being humble if you're not doing anything. Sure. And I look at that version of me and I just really hate that for me. Uh, I want to give a younger you a hug. I want to give a fuck you to everyone that didn't fucking clap yeah, for me. Yeah, totally. Because that is something I will never forget. That's mm. like a core memory of mine mm. that... You know, I'm disappointed because the company allowed that very specific behavior to be fostered amongst my coworkers. Sure. And when I would try and bring that up, like they didn't believe me. Yeah. But again, I wasn't in the right soil. It didn't. I do believe it didn't matter what I did. But I yeah. also believe that I didn't have the correct outlook on myself to do the work I needed to do either. Hmm. But. I do want to explore that false humility more because I feel like that's kind of sometimes where I end up. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's connected to that really horrendous experience of yours. Yeah. Huh. And I don't even know if it was that horrendous, but it was one of those small things in life that was way more impactful than probably it should have been. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's connected to our our sense of self, right? Mm. Which I think is reflected back to us by other people. Right. Which is why I think that, you know, I I definitely have this idea um, or hold to this idea that we are people in community and we need community and we need relationships. Right. As humans. And that's, you know, been proven in science in so many different ways and blah, 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 blah. But we need we have like these small little pockets of community, whether Mm -hmm. it's your workplace or your family or whatever. And you only really know about yourself sometimes through the eyes of another person. Right. and so that that shaped your sense of self in some way mm-hmm. in relationship to your community and not really Because I wasn't feeling, with the correct community. Right. And now I look at the community I've built and I'm like, well, for one, those people would never let that happen to me. Right. Like they celebrate me for fucking getting out of bed, mm-hmm. which I'm like, I don't deserve that. Oh, uh, but what is even what does it even mean to deserve? Anything? I know. it I, does. What is it? You're right. Right. It's arbitrary. Yeah. It's made up. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unpacking your shit is hard. Oh my God. So here's to a lot more of that in 2024. Yay, sadomasochism. Woo!
throw some BD in there too. Yeah. Ooh. A little BDSM while you're at it. Bondage Don't just hurt you, and, hurt ooh. someone else. Yeah. Just kidding. Hurt people hurt people, right? <laughs> Anyways, I feel like that's all I got. My tits are out and we're here being wild, so. Mine too. Yeah. Ooh, they look great. Thanks. <laughs> Since we're at Caleb's house, we can just sit here with our tits out. Yep. And that's exactly what we're all doing. Craig is the only one clothes here. <laughs> I'm actually wearing all of your clothes. Oh, I'm, right. I'm extra clothes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You didn't know we were into kinky shit, but here you are. I bet they have known now for a while. Well, they know about your <laughs> sex playlist, but they don't know about our specific kinks. Oh, that's true. Well, we've talked about our porn preference. That's true. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> I'm so just, glad that we do this. I am too. I was going to say, I just really want to thank everyone who listens and shares with us how much this podcast means to them. Yeah, it's uh, it's a wild experience to hear from friends and from listeners that they listen. It still shakes me to my core every time. So <laughs> I feel like maybe that was a little dramatic, but I feel it <laughs> in every fiber of my being. I agree. Um, it's so good yeah. shit. If you're listening, thank you. And um, please go leave us a review. Yeah, do that. And a, a rating. Sure. Share this shit mm-hmm. with someone you think needs it. Oh, yeah. Sure. That would be cute. Sharing is caring. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but I don't know what it was. So maybe we should just call it a day. Call it a day. We're calling it. Throw up the white that. flag. We're done. Why is it always a white flag? I don't know. I got to be white. <laughs> Because white is right. Oh. Have you heard that? Ew. I know. That I just like threw up in my mouth a little bit. I know. Me too. Oh, That's God. what they say. Not me though. Yikes. Biracial is better. Just kidding. Yeah. No, I love that. Anyway, we love you guys so much. Love you, love Thanks you, for being you. here in La Casa de Caleb. Te amo mucho. Mwah, mwah, besos. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Keep things by you. Bye. <laughs>